Hello and welcome to Important Learning, the home for the best stories live at CUNY Logistics University. Navigate with us through the life experience of our students and let yourself be inspired by their challenges and their achievements. Here we go. Third place at the European Junior Swimming Championship, German record holder of the 4 by 200 meters freestyle relay and seven times German champion in several categories of national swimming competitions, including four times with the relay. I don't get to see it every day with a person who has such track record on his back. But funny enough, for several years, who did sit by his side were our master students at KLU. We have today with us pro swimmer and former KLU master student, Max Novozet. Hi, Max. Welcome Hi. to Important Learning. So nice to be here. Thank you for being here with us. Not only an amazing athlete, but also an A-class student. And for what I know from other fellow students, also a wonderful friend, Max is an authentic example of thorough discipline, concentration, hard work, and self-improvement. During his academic life, he has managed to combine his studies with his passion for swimming, achieving great success, and getting to belong to the Olympic Association in Germany. Let's start from the beginning. How did your passion for swimming start? How did it transition from being just a hobby to more than a hobby? Well, I always loved water. Started swimming when I was two years old. And I think it looked terrible because it looked more like drowning than swimming. But <laughs> my mother always took me to the pool because I wanted to. She didn't enjoy it that much, but she did it for me. And um, at the age of four, I really wanted to go to the swimming club and join the swimming club. Um, so I did. And starting with like one or two times a week until I became older. And at the age of 10 or 11, I said, okay, uh, I want to get to the next level, like three or four times a week. And um, at that point in time, I had a tough time with my father because he used to be a competitive swimmer and he had some bad experiences. Mm -hmm. So he did want me to to make sports but not swimming so that was rather hard for him but in the end my mother and I could convince him so um, I started swimming like improving the training sessions and um, uh, when I joined an athlete school when I was 13 that was the point where I really um, stood up and had like eight nine times a week training so that was the point when competitive swimming really started for me. Wow, amazing. Your dad was uh, maybe not swimming. You have something else that you could do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, sport career as, as, as yours definitely requires a lot of time and sacrifices. We know that. Uh, KLU knows that too. Um, and that's why uh, at KLU, for example, we have scholarships and awards that are specially designed for pro athletes. Uh, you got one of these awards. Um, but apart from the award of the tuition, um, what else like did you find that scale you supported you with while you were studying and combining it with your sports? I was really lucky to be here. Uh, I joined KLU in 2018 and got a, a scholarship. And besides, I had uh, a sports coordinator with Johannes by my side. We always planned my study plan um, uh, at the beginning of the quarter. So we had a look at which lectures I take, which lectures I even could 
be attending, which ones I should do from home. Because, I mean, I was swimming twice a day, always in the morning and in the afternoon and um, had lectures in between. So I tried to be at um, KLU as much as I could. But um, it wasn't possible to be there all the time. So Johannes and I tried to um, optimize my study plans. And then I um, talked to the professor at the beginning of the quarter, told them how much I can attend. And they were really supportive all, all the time, really. Um, and uh, we even discussed um, postponing uh, exams because I had competitions. And besides of that, when it started to become serious with the um, preparations for the Olympics, um, KLU um, offered me to um, prolong my studies for one year, which was a great offer and great chance. For everybody that's listening, uh, Johannes, and we're mentioning here, Johannes Dietz uh, is our master's in sports, is uh, our KLU member who basically knows everything about sports and sport-related things. And he takes very good care of all our pro athletes that are students at KLU. How this experience at KLU uh, combined with your swimming Uh, was in comparison with your previous bachelor experience, for example. <laughs> oh God, it's, it's basically black and white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, KLU couldn't have been more supportive to me, I would say. And um, at my former studies, at my bachelor's, they didn't really care. And at that point in time, it was a bit different too, because I haven't been to the uh, national team at that point in time. And I think that was something that the university had to have, that you um, are su supported. But still, even the smallest things were impossible. So getting lectures again was just asking friends if they can give me their, um, their notes. And um, postponing exams, I asked that once and I was just laughed at. So um, that was quite hard because I would try to study in, in just regular time in three years and still doing my sports. Um, so I just had to postpone some exams on my own, do it the next semester and so on. So it was a huge difference when I started to join KLU. Which you are not really as much prepared because you just studied something. You don't want to postpone the exam from one semester to the next because then you ha have to keep reviewing on everything right. that you have just learned. So I imagine, and of course, uh, you you say that you might be or need to be a, a national team member in order to get that extra support, but you're still getting there. So, and you still need to build up. You still need to go practice, uh, swim and All of that is time that takes from your life. Yeah, that, that's the hard point, getting to national team. As soon as you're there, you get supported a lot. But every year when, when you don't get there by just a small percentage, that's hard because it's another year of really hard struggles um, in just your personal life um, to just handle all those different things like study, sports and so on. The way of getting there. Yeah, right. And, well, you were mentioning that uh, you had to um, swim many times a week, I imagine. I, I don't know how, obviously with COVID, that will probably be affected, your schedules and such. But in a normal time, how many hours in the day, how many days a week you would be swimming? I swam about 10 times a week. 
um, <laughs> always around about two hours plus warm up, plus cool down, plus three times a week um, athletic training in the gym, which was about one and a half to two hours too, plus physiotherapy, plus uh, psychological training. <laughs> so it was quite a lot. So basically full-time job plus studying. Yeah, it was. It was kind of 30 hours a week. And wow. when when being in Hamburg, and that was the part that was rather easy because I had to travel a lot or I also um, was lucky enough to travel a lot to competitions, to training camps and so on. Um, and at that point in time, it was just even more. It was like 40 hours a week plus not being able to be here. So doing all lectures um, from wherever I was. Did you have time for anything else that was not swimming and studying? Yeah, it felt like I had a lot of time because, I mean, you just, you have all your friends and swimming, you know? Mm -hmm. So it didn't feel like you do not have some private time. Um, and when there was some spare time, we I just most of the time met with my friends from swimming or with my study friends and um, we played card, uh, just, I think, normal stuff, right? That is great. So we are going to focus, though, um, on the different, let's say, sides of this very difficult uh, hobby, not <laughs> hobby anymore, career. Um, of course, it hasn't been all roses in such a competitive field. There is ups and downs and sometimes cool things and sometimes not so cool things. And you had two main drop box uh, in your swimming career. One in 2018, when you missed the European Championships by 12 hundredths of a second for classification. It's almost painful to say it. Um, and also in 2019, you tied with a peer and he was also uh, later selected, uh, nominated for this world championships. Obviously, these things happen. When these things happen, um, you are so close to classify for a major competition, but can make it sometimes for 12 hundredths of a second, which is almost ridiculous number. How do you take these things? How is the mental process to overcome that and not see it as a failure? Or like, how, how do you cope with it? Well, first of all, you're crushed. <laughs> you, you trained all your year for that one goal and you miss it by, by that tiny little hundreds of a second. It just crushes you for for a few days, and that's just normal. And you have to just let it crush you because it's it's normal that it's a really emotional thing. I mean, it's all my it has been all my life, or it's all my life. So um, that's just good. And on the other side, you need people around you who help you get you up again. So I remember when I missed European Championships, I lay in bed for like three days, <laughs> couldn't couldn't stand up. It just felt so bad. And um, at one point in time, my mother um, uh, phoned me and she said, okay, come down. I didn't um, uh, live at home at that moment. And she said, come down, get out of bed. We're going hiking now. I'm staying right at your door. And she took me hiking with two of our dogs. And it was just great getting out. My girlfriend uh, was going with us too and just getting your head free. And that, that was the point where I started to feel better. And those are the small things that you need to, really supporting family, supporting friends. And um, also we had um, psychological training, which uh, was more important than ever at those points in times. So you just start to realize that those failures just are part of your sport and they make you stronger because you really know, okay, I want to do it next year and I'm going to come back 
even stronger and just show myself and show every other person that I can do that. And even the lesson of life, like it happens in sports, but it happens really in any point in your life, in different facets and different phases of your life. And it is necessary to just like say, okay, this happened. Of course, let it sink, you know, let it be emotional, but then I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm just gonna go over it and here's my next goal. Right. I think that's something that sports teaches you really well because you have failures and successes all the time. Of course, there are those main drawbacks, those big drawbacks that are harder to get. But there are so many small failures, like every week when you had a back practice, you just feel bad after and you have to get up, get up in the morning and the next day and get to training again and make it better. That That's how sport works. And that's what makes you a good athlete or a really great athlete, I think. And talking precisely about this psychological part, let's say, of the sports, um, you at some point decided to stop your preparation for the Tokyo Olympics for your personal reasons. We are not going to enter into that. But uh, we also were very impacted in the last Olympics seeing gymnastics such as athlete Simone Biles, who uh, stepped back in the middle of the championship um, to focus on her mental health. And she was missing some of the competitions that she was an absolute favorite for. My question here is, in your opinion, because you are very much into this world, uh, how is the level of that mental load, that mental stress that uh, athletes in high level are subject to? Oh, it's it's really high because there's a lot of stress all the time and it also builds up getting to your um, main competition in the season. And there's so much pressure that most of the athletes put on themselves because they sa sacrifice all their life for those few moments. I mean, my main event was 200 freestyle was less than two minutes and it was 30 hours a week for a whole year for less than two minutes. So of <laughs> course that builds pressure. But also those moments where the pressure's released, where you feel success or even failure, it's just feeling great because you know you worked so hard for that and you really um, live by those moments when pressure is high also. Do you really feel that there's more pressure uh, from your, your close uh, surroundings, let's say your family, friends, your coaches, or is there more pressure from people that might not know you that well, like you're in the scope of, I don't know, media or uh, the bigger competitions or, I don't know, the federation of swimming, who do you think really brings pressure onto you as an athlete? I think it depends. If you're Simone Biles, it will be the world. The world puts pressure on you. You're, you're, you're the queen in your sports and everybody expects you to get more gold medals, to be more successful and so on. I can't even imagine the pressure she was going through. And going down a few levels, if you're not going to be an Olympic champion, I think it's mostly yourself that puts pressure on yourself because you just want to be successful. That That's why you do it. Mm -hmm. We are talking about struggles, but uh, I also want to focus on joy because of course you guys would not be doing all of these sacrifices for nothing. So what is the biggest joy that swimming has brought to your life? Oh, that, that's easy. It's the friends that you meet. So easy because you all have your same passion. You all share so much time together. 
at the pool deck, at competitions, at training camps, and so on. And it's a bond that you that you build up that can't um, can't be destroyed within life. So you have, I have so many close friends, and um, I met so many other good people just around the world. Made friends with people whom I wouldn't have met otherwise, and that's just that was just great, really. I'm gonna keep that because it's beautiful. I was. <laughs> I thought that you were going to say like, oh, this competition, I won. I was very happy. But at the end of the day, it's all about people. That is wonderful. It's beautiful. Yeah, of course. It's, it's also the successes. But in 20 years, nobody will care if you were second, third or even fourth at a competition. But those friends that you made, they will stay. They'll be with you for the rest of your life, probably. Right. <laughs> well, Max, now, since it's clear that you like challenges, <laughs> get ready now. Because it's time for the rapid fire questions. And for this fast speed quiz, we have one more time our fast speed thinker, Laura Wallini. Laura, what you got? Hi, Patricia. Yes. We are going to see if Max is as fast thinking about his KLU experience as he is in the water. Max, this is a really simple game. Quick questions, one second to respond each, and just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? Okay, let's go. Breakout room or silence room? Breakout rooms. Summer or winter in the happen? Summer. What was your favorite semester kill you? At first. Beer or wine? Beer. What was your favorite kill you party? Oh, that's too hard to answer that fast. <laughs> okay, let's go. You you got fast swimming. I think you can answer me that. I think Oscar Knight. Define your kill you graduation in three words. Let's go. Oh, wow. It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. I think I'm fast in the water then with that. Um, uh, ending one of my best, which is one word, experiences. Perfect. And the favorite memory of KLU? Uh, Johannes. Great. Thank you so much, Max. And I can also agree, Oscar and I was also one of my favorite KLU parties. And I hope many people that come to Kill You study here get the chance to be part of the Oscar party. Patricia, back to you. Thank you so much, Laura. This is always so difficult and so fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We would like to put you guys into little challenges uh, here at the Important Learning. We need to start closing the program. Um, but before, I would love for you, Max, to share one last reflection on the swimming career. If you will have to think about it, what is the best takeaway from your swimming experience, your career as an athlete that will help you in your professional life or in your personal life or both of them forever? I think it's pursuing a goal if you really want it and just try to do everything to, to get that goal and just time yourself and know why you're doing it for think that's the most important part that will help me all my life. That is beautiful. Focusing on what's the goal, focusing on why you're doing something for at the end of the day, it's all about that. Right. And it's all about people. As right. right. But thank you so much. I was Max, Noah Zad, Sumer, former student at KLU and an incredible person as we have met today. Thank, thank you so you. much. I had the chance to be here. Thank you. And with this, we say goodbye today. We'll hear more amazing stories in our next episode of Important Learning, KLU Stories. 
Until then, receive a warm greeting from who has been on this side of the waves, Christopher Estegar in the technical side, Laura Bollini in the production and on the mic, and I'm Patricia Vendala. Take care and keep your crane moving. Cheers. Bye. Discover Kuna Logistics University in Hamburg, Germany. Learn more about their offered business and supply chain management study programs at the-klu.org.